Bird's Eye View is a member of the Baltimore Sports Report Network. Find more podcasts like this at BaltimoreSportsReport.com. BaltimoreSportsReport.com. Welcome back to Bird's Eye View. When it comes to the Orioles, this weekly podcast is your official source for a lack of insight and for baseless opinion. Today is November 9th, 2015. My name is Jake English, and I'm here, as always, riding on the coattails of one Mr. Scott Magnus. This is episode 144. Now, if you're listening to my voice right now, you're most likely doing it at our website, which is birdseyeviewbaltimore.com. It's also possible that you found us on the Baltimore Sports Report Network, which can be found over at baltimoresportsreport.com. You can find this show on plenty of third-party platforms, including Stitcher, iTunes, Miro, Double Twist, and as I'm sure Scott would tell you, Creamsicle. If you find us on one of those platforms, please do us a favor. Please review and rate this show. It greatly helps us. Also, you can find us on social media. We're active somewhat over on Facebook at facebook.com slash BEVcast. But the best place to find us is on Twitter, where we tweet at BirdseyeViewBAL. Now, Scott, are you ready for the most important part of the evening? When I make fun of you and mock you mercifully? No, that's all of the evening. This is the most important part of the evening. And that, of course, is the drink of the week. What are you drinking? Jake, I am drinking... Apple cider, but it's not just apple cider. It's apple cider with Balvini Scotch whiskey inside of it, uh, aged in the Caribbean uh, rum barrel. Um, I believe I've had it on the rocks before, but it's fall. It's a perfect time for us to introduce cider into the mix. That's dangerous right there. Yeah. Uh, I am drinking a Crusher. Now, if you're asking me what is a Crusher, it is a, uh, it's an IPA from the Ocean City Brewing Company. It's a variation, I believe, on their Kraken brew. Um, but let me tell you something a little bit interesting about the Ocean City Brewing Company. I'm very excited. Right around the corner from you and I, Scott, Ocean City Brewing Company is opening up a new location in Harford County, which should have a crap ton of taps. Is it like 150 taps? 150 taps. And uh, let's just say there'll be a few business meetings for the Bird's Eye View podcast uh, there uh, this upcoming year, I think. This, this is not, by the way, an advertisement. I'm just really stoked about it. Jake's excited for actually good beer near him. Yeah, and this, by the way, is good. So if you've never had Ocean City Brewing Company, uh, my hats are off to you, fellas. Yeah. All right, with that, it's time to, uh, to well, to praise, to mock, but we're going to do it within 140 characters. Is this week on the Twitters. First on this week on the Twitters is, well, this is reaching the point of absurdity. This comes from Eduardo A. Encina. You can follow him at Eddie in the Yard. Of course, he works for the Baltimore Sun. Dylan Bundy was slated to make his third fall league appearance today, but he isn't expected to pitch because of elbow stiffness. You know, there was a time when the mere thought of Dylan Bundy pitching gave me the stiffness, but uh, let's hold off on this conversation because I feel like we'll discuss Dylan Bundy a little bit later in the program. Yeah. Also, uh, writing for Baltimore Sun, we've got Dan Connolly. You can follow him at Dan Connolly's son. Source, Orioles made play for Korean first baseman Byung-ho Park, but we're outbid. 
hasn't been announced yet which team won rights to negotiate with Park, which obviously came out to be the Pittsburgh Pirates won that with a, you know, so bit, the Pirates? I thought it was the Twins. Oh, I'm sorry, the Twins. Yeah, you're right. The, the Twins. It originally was the Pirates came out and said, hey, the Pirates are going to be it. But yeah, the Twins got it for $12.5 million bid. So it's a shame that, you know, a big market team like the Twins can go out there <laughs> and, uh, get these international free agents well let's let's talk about it because there are two ways of looking at it the first and obvious way of looking at it is being disappointed to not even win the opportunity to talk to this guy the other way of looking at it is look it's not really clear how talent in the kbo transfers over to the the major league baseball this dude uh over 600 summit bats over the course of two years hit 52 home runs all the other stats looked okay but there's no real guarantee of anything so scott i ask you how big of a deal is that that the Orioles didn't win the rights to negotiate with this guy? Uh, I don't think it's that big of a deal. I mean, if you look at uh, a lot of folks' uh, top 50 projections for free agents, uh, Park was in that you know mid-30s, 40-ish range. He, he probably would be a pretty decent first baseman, but nothing that would be outlandish. He's also pretty old. I think he's 29 years old. So, I mean, as much as we want to kind of give grief for Chris Davis and you know a long-term contract, at most, you're looking at maybe a three- or four-year deal for an unproven talent. Look, the Orioles are not a team that goes out and spends an international free agency. It's no surprise to me that Park wasn't going to get a very high characteristic bid. I want to be very careful here. I want to be very careful not to appear like I'm drinking the Kool-Aid or making excuses or defending the team for something they shouldn't be defended for, but... Given the fact that neither you or I are very excited about this player from Korea, isn't it at least nice that they're putting some money on the table and putting out a flyer in the in the fact that they maybe could have won the bid to talk to them? Okay, we, we think that the Orioles may have put a bid out, but we don't know what kind of money was out there. So there is a good chance that Dan Duquette put up a free sandwich of Jimmy John's coupon that he received. Hey, I love Jimmy John's. You love Jimmy John's, but most importantly... Dan Duquette likes Jimmy John's. Now, let me tell you something else. Scott Magnus? Are we going to go to the next one? Yes. Well, you can't go to the next one yet because I've got one more thing to say about the whole situation with Park. I'm sorry. You were talking about before about the KBO numbers not being able to be able to predict it. There's an excellent article on Camden Depot I just want to point out uh, going through some prediction numbers. With Park, prediction numbers came out to be slash line of 234, 302, 426. Uh, 728 OPS? Eh. I mean, like I said, not great. However, Jake, there is something that needs to be given consideration here, and that is there's an outfielder that's going to be posted by the KBO in the next week. His name is Aesop Sun, and it looks like Aesop for his name. And if you don't think the Baltimoreans are going to be able to make up an Aesop Fables pun off this guy's name, he's in must-sign for the Baltimore Orioles. He, he is a nickname audit Episode all in himself. All in himself, yes. So, uh, Baltimoreans, you better be praying, and you better be doing that crowdfunding, not to purchase the Orioles, but to get AC Up Sun onto the Baltimore Orioles. Scott Magnus, you are so wise. And, and I say that you are wise not only for that, but because you know things. Oh, sometimes. Scott Magnus knows things because on this very program, he started talking about who would be given qualifying offer and despite my poo-pooing declared that matt weeders would get one and here's a tweet from the baltimore orioles from the 6th of november which by the way is my mother's birthday Mm. and tweets as follows the orioles made qualifying offers to left-handed pitcher way and chen infielder chris davis and catcher matt weeders scott magnus you were right i was wrong it's no surprise i mean i I raised the question on twitter and this is why you should be following us on birds ibbl is 
The question that should have been asked last week was, should Darren O'Day have gotten a qualifying offer? We're going to see what kind of deal he gets on the free agency market. I think the Orioles are going to regret not giving him a qualifying offer and getting another draft pick. I think he certainly could have got one. All right. Next, again, I'm going to have to pick your brain. Yes. I'm, I'm asking if the following tweet is fair criticism. Okay. All right. This comes from t- uh, Camden Depot. Love those guys. Tweets uh, at Camden Depot. Hardy is a big asset to the Orioles, just like my old TV sitting in the garage with perfect sound and busted screen. All right. First of all, what reason do you have for having a busted television within your garage? Okay. I can answer this. My grandfather had this all the time. Busted TV that's bigger on which you sit the working television. It's classic. Mm, okay. So, we've got this busted television that, you know, we've got to lug around. But we've got a really good television to put on top of it. So, Manny Machado goes on top of J.J. Hardy, and thus, we achieve perfection. We will have the tallest shortstop in the history of baseball. Here we go, with the most pointy ears as well. <laughs> <laughs> I, be, I believe they're little bitty ears. But seriously, though, I mean, is it a fair criticism? Don't bring Tommy Hunter into this conversation. It just makes me too sad. Is 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 Hardy useless at this point? He's not useless. He's just a big old projection style television that you know just can't get around as much as he used to. But you know, we'll see what happens. It's just yeah, I I think Hardy will actually have a a better season next year, strictly based off of no numbers whatsoever. But out of my heart and <laughs> my gut, and it's also not hard to bounce back from what he achieved in the last year. It's kind of true, actually. You can only go up. It's similar to Jonathan Scope having a breakout year, even though he was absolutely terrible the year beforehand. In terms of offensive production. Yeah, he was dope. Um, all right. This comes from the lips of Scott Boris. Oh, wait. I mean, John Heyman at John Heyman CBS. Um, Andrew Miller obviously won't come, wouldn't come cheap. Yanks would seek an ace type or haul in return. Someone like Steven Strasburg. Wait, what? Andrew Miller for Steven Strasburg. Are you kidding me? That's crazy talk. That is crazy talk. Well, it's crazy tweet. No, really. It's my brother. Crazy tweet. Um, John Heyman's been putting up some crazy tweets this week. The seven-year and $182 million one is one that has to be somewhat of an eye, like, hmm, okay, that's interesting. His ghostwriter is amazing. Yeah. What can I tell you? Uh, lastly, we're going to talk about the tweet that was heard around Birdland. Dylan Bundy looks dot, 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 not so impressive, tweets Eno Saris, who, of course, tweets at Eno Saris. Everything's soft. Some command of secondaries, sad, but outside chance of reinventing without power. Womp, womp, womp. All right, I think we need to talk about this whole Bundy situation. There's a lot of sadness going about. I think we need to figure out whether we can, you know, make it a little happier. All right, folks, we're going to go around the bases for this offseason. And we're going to start right at first base with Dylan Bundy. Dylan Bundy, again, shut down today um, and basically pushed back. Allegedly, he might come back and start later this week. But obviously, when you feel discomfort in your forearm, uh, it's generally not a good sign for a person that's already had multiple issues, such as this earlier this season. He's pitched probably about 15 pitches during the Arizona Fall League. It was actually even just a tough time getting him into the Arizona Fall League. 
the, the question I, I raised, Jake, is like you know, Sarah said from Fangraphs, you know, the velocity still is down. It's in the 92 to 93 range. He's been doing pretty much all fastballs and an occasional cutter thrown in there, but, you know, not a great amount. But what can you learn after only 15 pitches? Jake, is the Dylan Bundy era over before it has started? Well, I want to start by saying that my my answer is not predicated on the 15 pitches that we saw, nor is it predicated on the reactions that we saw from Twitter the day that happened. Because uh, we, we picked out Eno Saris because we we follow him for a reason. We trust him. We, right. we know him to be a great baseball mind. But at the same time, there were a lot of folks tweeting about Dylan Bundy after that, that appearance. Some of them were positive. Some of them said, oh, He's hitting 94.5 on the gun. You know, he, he's got some, some command issues that he's trying to work through, but overall looked pretty good. I think those people are wanting to see a good Dylan Bundy, but the point is that there are multiple points of view out there. I will say, however, I think that we're in serious trouble with Dylan Bundy. I think by now, if he is not recovered, if it's going to be just this one injury after another, the best you can hope for with Dylan Bundy is that he's going to be a bullpen arm. And a limited bullpen arm at that. Yeah. And I think that was what you were coming into in 2016, regardless, is there's no way that you could give consideration to him being a starter. You were looking at him and maybe putting together, you know, a bullpen aspect of 40 to 50 innings at best, and maybe a spot start here or there and, you know, make it work. But based off of this recent setback, it wouldn't surprise me whatsoever for him to either a going for surgery and be out all next season, which at that point, I don't know what the Orioles are going to do because do you just keep stringing him along and hoping that you can eventually salvage him or B he kind of keeps fluttering around and never getting into a set routine and not getting into that start routine is basically going to hamstring the Orioles in terms of a roster spot as well. Well, I'm really glad you brought up roster spot and I swear we didn't, we didn't even uh, bring this up pre-show, but do you think maybe the best route for the Orioles might be for Dylan Bundy to be out for the year? And I ask that because he doesn't have options. He signed right. that major league deal when he was drafted, so he has to be on the team. But if he needs time to get back to whatever form he's going to be in, does it help the Orioles to have him out for a whole other year so they don't have to waste that roster spot? And maybe in the surgery or the rehab or whatever it is that Dylan Bundy needs at this point to get himself back to the point where maybe he could contribute as a starter for this club. I do actually think that that's the right way to go about it is the decision needs to be made of, you cannot constantly come back and say, Oh, we're going to do a PRP injection here Mm -hmm. or there. Mm -hmm. If there's something is seriously wrong, you're just gonna have to do the surgery. And it's also gonna be interesting to see, you know, why the surgery happens the second time. I mean, that, that does happen. But the question would be, you know, you came in, you did the tendon change, now you come back and doing it again. Why is that the case? Is there just something structurally wrong with him? Uh, but I think having an entire season where, you know, you're getting him around August of next year and maybe he can start doing rehab assignments again, that's probably your best bet on all honesty in order to try to savage a career more so than a season. And I also want to be careful in the fact that I, I just said, you know, I think maybe it's it's likely that he's not going to be a starter for this club. Right. But let's let's keep in mind that whereas failed starter can mean Brian Mattis, yeah. failed starter can also mean Tommy Hunter. Yeah. Failed starter can also mean Zach Britton. Yeah. It doesn't mean that he'll never be productive for the Orioles in his career, but it means that he's not what he's what we thought he was going to be when he was drafted. No, and you know, based off that one tweet we had from John Heyman, apparently closers are in heavy demand right now. So let's pop over to second base. Um, so this whole discussion of 
wanting to trade closers for starting pitching is interesting. I know there's been conversations on one within Orioles boards. I believe it was on Orioles Hangout. Of people mentioning that maybe the Orioles should consider trading Zach Britton to a team like the Mets in return for some starting pitching. It's an interesting scenario, also given the situation where Zach Britton is going to be making not a lot of money this year. He'll be making five or so, six, five to six million dollars. But come next year, he's going to be making that Jim Johnson money of $10 million. And Dan Duquette has already come out in previous seasons and said, we cannot pay that kind of money to a closer. Um, and and to, a, to a certain aspect, that kind of makes sense. The question is, does it make sense for the Orioles to go into a, a pseudo-rebuild mode and basically say, we're going to rely on minor league arms, we're going to get rid of Zach Burton, and we're going to go and get a starting pitcher that we feel can get us deeper into games and allow us to compete for a longer period of time. Well, I really think that it comes to how do you value a closer? And I feel like the bullpen arms are getting paid. Well, everybody in baseball is getting paid. I feel like in the last just three years, the salaries have really taken a step up across the board. But it was delayed with relievers. And I think now, especially when you look at contracts like the one that Andrew Miller got, you look at the likes of Darren O'Day and what he's expecting on the market – relievers and particularly closers are now making the kind of money that prices a lot of them out of Baltimore. And so, you know, we talked about the, this club is not going to pay Jim Johnson $10 million. Well, frankly, with all due respect, and you and I both love Jim Johnson, Zach Britton right now is better than what Jim Johnson was at any point in his career. In 2016, 2017, 2018, with the way that the the market is paying relievers, is Zach Britton going to be worth that money? I, I think that's possible. However, it was you. It was you that was beating the drum last year about the possibility of trading Zach Britton. I would argue that, that Dan Duquette, for all of his missteps, for every Travis Snyder that's, that's happened, I think the one strength that Dan Duquette has been able to bring to the club is a bullpen. And if he weakens it by trading off a, a Zach Britton, I kind of have a, a confidence in, in Dan Duquette and then all of his other deficiencies. He'll be able to rebuild that bullpen to a satisfactory, if not strength, of the club. Let me ask you this question, and this is kind of somewhat out there, I would say. Uh-oh. Um, Zach Brennan is currently going into his first year of arbitration this offseason. Um, my question to you is, you've got three more years of club control with Zach Britton. Would you consider going out in offering him a four-year contract and buying out his arbitration years and also getting an additional year. He's 27 years old right now. Do you think it may be worth it to go get a four-year contract and put it in a similar vein to an Andrew Miller, but slightly less? Let's say you do it for four years and $24 million. First of all, I don't think there's any way, I don't think there's any way Britain takes that. Really? Even with guaranteed money? Yeah, looking looking at the way relievers are getting paid no i don't think there's any reason for zach Britton to take that okay what if we go up above 24 million what if we go to 28 million i think you're getting closer i think i think anything in a in a multi-year deal where it's 30 40 million dollars i think 30 to 40 with arbitration years already built in is a little high Mm -hmm. but i think because that's what you would pretty much get in free agency yeah, this is be guaranteed money, and you're buying out arbitration years. All right, yeah, I see that. Yeah, maybe, maybe you're right. Twenty four, twenty eight is probably right. a better number. So that's one idea that I have. In my opinion, I understand people looking at Zachary and saying he's going to get too expensive. But if you're able to taper with in that four to twenty eight, it makes it a lot more palatable for the team. Um, and also, 
as a team, I can't see even with, you know, the minor league talents you have as a bullpen staff, you need to keep Zach Britton or you need to keep Darren O'Day. You can't lose both of them. Even even if you sign Zach Britton to that deal, yeah. he's not unmovable. Oh, no, he's, that, he's exactly. still a chip. Exactly. He's, he's still a chip. Still and, you know, that's similar to, you know, Arnoldo Chapman, for example, came up earlier this year and was like, hey, could Chapman be on the move during the mm-hmm. trade deadline? And Chapman's even actually being talked about right now being moved during this offseason. So you're absolutely right. Britton could be moved in future years. I don't think that move needs to be done now. All right. We talked about the fact that uh, there's been chat about um, about Andrew Miller being moved for a starter. I think that's crazy I talk. I think that's crazy talk, especially for a Steven Strasburg. What do you think a, a good closer, like a Zach Britton, like an Andrew Miller, like a Darren O'Day, once he signs somewhere, what do you think a good closer can bring? I think he can bring maybe a starting pitcher with a two to three war for one season. All right. Let me ask you this. Could he net you a corner outfielder? Mm, probably. Could he net you a first baseman? Probably. Could he net you a designated hitter? Oh, yeah. I mean, designated hitters are anybody, basically. List another Oriole need. Could he Could he bring it in? Yeah, he could. But I still think the Orioles need a closer. More than they need to fill those other spots with $50 million to spend in the, in the uh, offseason? Joe Chamberlain says the Orioles need a uh, need a closer. He is my favorite reliever. <laughs> all right, with that, let's all go over to third base. And Jake, uh, interesting event happened in baseball today. Cardinals top prospect Alex Reyes was suspended for fifty games for pot. Um, Jake, just to put an emphasis on this, Alex Reyes was the number ten midseason prospect according to Baseball America uh, earlier this year. Uh, it's one of the probably the biggest. Um, prospects that has been suspended um and there's a lot of talk about whether major league baseball should have such a stringent penalty for something that at least in the state of missouri is legal yeah i mean uh, it's legal in in colorado it's legal in washington i mean before we know it'll be it's legal in dc it'll it'll be legal in maryland eventually it is and in certain quantities you can do it and they're also talking about doing it in growing aspect here's the thing look I, i get that I don't want to get political here, but oh, you I always do. But I, I don't think pot is is nearly as dangerous as alcohol, right? Which which uh, the prohibition of which failed in this country. Alcohol is a, is a product that we, we promote here on the, the drink of the week at the start of every podcast. Like I think pot is so much more harmless than something we take for granted, like alcohol. However, however, pot is prohibited. By an agreement that the Players Association, that the, one of the strongest unions in the United States, the premier union of this gentleman's organization, of his industry, collectively bargained with baseball. It's clearly off limits. It's clearly not allowed. If you have the ability to make a gazillion dollars like top prospects in baseball do, there is so little in this world that you need to do as far as following rules is concerned. I'm sorry, but top prospects and players in Major League Baseball have so many doors open for them and so very little that is not available to them. And this is the one thing on that list. It is such a small subset of the guilty pleasures that you can have as a person who's about to be very, very wealthy. I have very little sympathy for people who use a substance. And again, forgive me, 
I think so little of pot that I do not think it is a, a, a drug of abuse about which we should be having a, a discussion about addiction. Those are serious issues. I, I take C.C. Sabathia's issue much more seriously than I take this. I just think that it's, it's dumb. It is a dumb thing. And for everybody that's, that's out there decrying that Major League Baseball needs to get themselves in order, yeah, maybe, maybe they do need to rethink the policy. But this is so dumb on the on the part of any player that gets busted for this. Look how mad we were at Chris Davis. That's what I was thinking. Chris Davis with the whole Adderall thing. It's like you knew the rules and you specifically did something stupid and ignored it. I love Chris Davis. And I think Chris Davis has a real medical condition. Yeah. But I still think he was absolutely boneheaded and hurt his club. Much like, like I think is the, the deal here with Alex Reyes. So uh, that's my soapbox. I'm going to climb down Come on off down. of it. All right, we're going to come around to home plate. And speaking of Chris Davis, Jake, this offseason, people have been throwing names about and to say, we need to sign this player, we need to sign this player. But, Jake, the Orioles never go out and make a lot of moves. In fact, they generally make, like, one move. And my question to you, Jake, is if the Orioles made one move this offseason and that was it, what move would you be acceptable in doing? All right. So... You can do anything you want. It's just, it is just one move. Now, is this... And no, you cannot ask for more wishes. <laughs> <laughs> um, a million bucks. Yes. Genies are very literal. Um, the question is, is this, is this... Do I need to take this from a move that I think they can execute? No. All right. This is... this. I'm allowing you to open Pandora's box here and do whatever you wish to do. All right. From a baseball standpoint, yes. I'm going to give you two answers, and you can't stop me. Okay. From a baseball standpoint, I would go out and I would get a start, starting pitcher. Which one? Probably Price. Okay. If you had any choice in the world, you go get Price. Right. That makes sense to me. I don't think that's going to happen. Right. I think from a reality standpoint, it's just not going to happen. Right. Price, not not the guy. I mean, the, the fact that he's going to cost a lot of money. Price is going to be a factor. Sure. Money is going to be a factor. Price fact, is going to be a factor. <laughs> the fact that they have so many other needs... And all this other stuff. I just don't think that it's going to happen. Also, this is not a place where the top free agent in any sector ends up. Baltimore is just not that place. Yep. My heart's answer yeah. is Chris Davis. Okay. My heart's answer is Chris Davis because, look, Chris Davis, it's not crazy that he could come back here. Yep. It's not crazy that the Orioles could afford him. And it's not crazy that the Orioles could legitimately want him and have that be okay. He's a top five, at least top 10 free agent in the market. He's a legit player that every other team wants. I think as a player, as a, as a fan who's grown to like this player, who's fallen in love with the, at least 2015, 2013 version of Chris Davis, it's okay for me to want him back. Sure. So yeah, I'll say it. I want Chris Davis back. Okay. Baby, come back. Jacob, there's one move that I want the Orioles to make this offseason that would really transition the Orioles, it'd be go get Manny Machado a seven-year extension. And that is the one move that, is that a good answer. whatever the Orioles do this offseason, I would be perfectly happy for years upon years to years to come. Yeah, it would be nice to have David Price. Yeah, it'd be nice to have Chris Davis. But the fact of the matter is, if I had Manny Machado for another other seven years and I knew it, I'd feel exactly the same way as I knew when they signed Adam Jones. I said, this team is going to be able to compete for many seasons in the future. It may not be this year, but I know the Orioles are going to be able to compete. And that reassurance is all I need to go forward as a fan of the Baltimore Orioles. So that's what I want done is that's my top move is 
Manny Machado, long-term extension, at least six years. I'd like seven if possible. I hate it when you're writer than me. Yeah, well, it happens a lot. Can I ask a bonus question? Sure. Uh, I, I overheard uh, I heard something, and I, I I don't have the date. I don't have the, the quote, but um, Buck Showalter said something to the effect of, this is my last ride. Yeah. So. Yeah. His contract comes up at the end of 2018? Is it 18 or 19? Uh, I believe it's 18. Okay. My question is, do you try to re-sign Buck Showalter for a period of time starting now? Do you try to extend that out past 18? Or, if you're the Orioles, do you want to take it to the end of that contract and see how it goes? I think that Buck actually is going to probably take it out to see how it goes. Hmm. Okay. Do you think that he'll re-up at the end of that? I think Buck will wait until the very last moment to make that decision and see how things progress. Mm. All right. All right. Fair question. Yeah. All right. Well, you know, there's going to be, have to be a lot of decisions made this offseason and even the future. Why don't we make some decisions on our own? Scott, Scott, I've got an idea. You know how we were talking about the fact that the offseason is dreary and there's nothing going on and we need to find something new and exciting for the podcast? Well, I think I found it. Yeah, okay. Well, is it like some Beatles B-side track or something like no, that? No, 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 really. It's, all right, hear me out now. It's podcasting. Choose your own adventure. Oh, dear God, this sounds like a Charlie Hoppus nightmare. No, 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 no. It'll work. It'll work. Look, think back to when you were a kid. Did you ever read the Choose Your Own Adventure books? I did. All right. It was awesome. It was a completely different literary experience. You were in charge. You told the author what you wanted. And we all cheated. All of us. We kept all five of our fingers holding the pages of previous decisions so that we could always go back and change direction if we didn't like where we ended up. Yeah, I I understand. But, you know, those books were kind of childish, probably slightly below grade level for most kids. I mean, So, bird's eye view? Yeah, okay. You've got a decent opinion here. Okay. I, I... I, I understand your concerns, but I've already prepared at least part of one, and I thought you could take a listen and see how it works. See, what you do, you listen to the podcast, right? And then at the end of each little section, it gives you direction to skip to the appropriate time marker within the episode of where to go once you once you make a decision. Yeah, I'm not buying it, but let's let, we can try it out, sure, all right, all right. by all means. So um, this one, and I've got a whole series planned out, but I want oh, to start, I want to start um, really focused so, you know, each one, like, puts the character in a person. Like, my favorite when I was a kid was, like, you you uh, you were shrunk down and you went down to the ant people. Right. But they also, like, put you in character. So, like, you are a shark. So, who's the character? All right. So, um, choose your own adventure. Podcasting, choose your own adventure. You are Dan Duquette. Oh, dear God. All right. Here we go. You ready? Yeah. Right, I think so. Just, one uh, second. Let me get into scene. Go ahead. Chapter one. The GM meetings. You drum your fingers impatiently on the armrest. You're thirsty, but you're not going to pony up for another cranberry juice. The cart is three rows ahead, and you resolutely stare into the screen of your laptop. You must ignore the temptation if your per diem is going to last through dinner. Look, it seems unfair, but you are the GM of a Major League Baseball team. The Baltimore Baltimore Orioles, in fact. Still, you have to admit... Flying coach is much better than the last way you got to the GM meetings, as far as what Mr. Angelo's provided. 
Last year, it was a series of road trips with Stinky, the ancient equipment manager from uh, Ed Smith Stadium Complex. The usual tray tables back to their full and upright position spiel starts, and you stow away your laptop. Squeezed into the middle seat between an overweight biker on one side and a mother holding her crying infant, you look out appreciatively at Jacksonville International Airport. Sure, it's a long drive from Jacksonville to Boca Raton, but you're not sure you could have survived a flight much longer than this. After collecting your bags, you're somewhat surprised to see a sign bearing the name Dan Duquette in bold letters. Someone's here to pick you up. You're less surprised when it turns out to be stinky. To get into the car with Stinky, go to Time Marker 1532. To rent your own car to Boca Raton, go to Time Marker 4116. So let me get this straight. I just skip ahead to the time that it's I want. It's the magic of CYOA. Well, for me, I guess I'll rent my own car. Uh, the Stinky guy who has taken me previously to the winter meeting sounds super creepy. And nothing really good happened last year. That's more like it. You crank down the window of your rented Chevy Aveo and blast the radio. Wait, 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 wait. Now I'm curious. What happens if I go with Stinky? Well, there is only one way to find out. Thanks, Stinky, you say, as you put your bags in the trunk. Suddenly, you feel a sharp prick in your leg. You assume it's a bug bite until you realize that you can't move your legs. You sway unsteadily as you try to avoid falling into the trunk. Stinky comes into your peripheral vision carrying something that looks vaguely like a medical instrument. He's drugged you. Stinky has attacked you in broad daylight. You can't do this to me, you cry as Stinky stuffs you into the trunk of the waiting car. You'll never get away with this. Match what you think, Mr. Duquette, Stinky replies. I've had it out for you ever since you got too friendly with the Canadians. Now, with you out of the picture, Buck will have free reign to put the team together that he wants for 2016. Now, don't you struggle, Mr. Duquette. You'll need your strength. The trunk slams shut. It's a long ride to Mexico. You should have sprung for that extra cranberry juice. The end. So stinky is Brady Anderson? Oh, come on. This is fun. This is fun. Let's go back and see what happens when you get in the car. All right. Go ahead. Continue. Let's see what happens. This is more like it. You crank down the window of your rented Chevy Aveo and blast the radio and start weeding through your options. The rumors that your top priority for these meetings is corner outfield, well, that's not too far off base. You finally arrive at Boca Raton and check into the hotel. The place is swarming with media and baseball's inner workings. You'll love the GM meetings. You can smell the bargain bin. And it smells like victory. The next day, you walk down the corridors, trying to decide which room to enter. You're going to make a deal here today. Which will it be? To deal for the A's, Josh Reddick, go to time marker 1208. To deal with the Padres for their top outfield prospect, go to time marker 3248. Well, that's an easy one. I'm going to go with Josh Reddick. That's a no-brainer to me. The talks with the athletics are very promising. It costs more than you had hoped, but not as much as you had feared. 
You know that the team will miss Zach Britton, but relievers seem to be the only thing that you've been able to put in place in the last three years. Also, you got a nice infield prospect that could turn out to be useful, even if just a flip. Legal and medical will still need to sign off, but you have a deal in place to fill a gaping hole in your roster. Medical is always a big deal within the Baltimore Orioles. So let me just ask this, though. If I would have gone with the Padres, what happens if I would have picked that, that route? Uh, I would advise against that. Uh, did you think that the Mexico uh, trip was dark? You don't want to know what's going on. Whew, okay. Um, can I maybe try Chapter 2 and just see how things progress? Sure, sure. Let's take a look. So Chapter 2 is entitled The Winter Meetings. It's going to be much easier this year, you tell yourself. No more pointed questions about your loyalty or your career options. Instead, there will only be pointed questions about your club's commitment to winning. Ouch. Easy peasy, just make vague and unconvincing arguments that the owner has given you everything you've asked for when it comes to payroll. Walking down the hall, you bump into Scott Boris and convince him to spend the next hour with you discussing some of his clients. Be real with me for a second, Boris opens. Are you really going to let Chris Davis walk away and replace him with the likes of Justin Morneau? You and I both know that's not going to work for either party. Chris wants to get paid, but he also wants to stay in Baltimore. And you, well, you want to win games, don't you? Uh, I've got a choice here. To tell Scott Boris you're not interested in discussing Chris Davis, go to time marker 2521. To tell Scott Boris you want to sign Chris Davis, go to time marker 2245. To tell Scott Boris you don't want to sign Chris Davis, go to time marker 1922. And to pretend to feign as an excuse not to make a commitment at this time, go to time marker 4725. Well, I know what the real Dan Duquette would choose. Um, I really don't love my choices here. Look, I, I love Davis, but I don't think he's worth the money he's going to command on the open market. I'm going to tell him that I'm not interested in signing Chris Davis at this time. The crowd at Chem Yards has never been more alive. Unfortunately, they've never also been this hostile. Orioles first baseman Justin Morneau just made his second error of the game, sealing the first losing season of Baltimore since 2011. The fact is that it's late July does not help matters. The 2016 Free the Birds rally reaches a fever pitch as the game comes to a close. The leaders of the movement storm your suite and carry you screaming about something uh, related to tars and, and feathers as they parade down Pratt Street. For the first time in your career, you are truly afraid uh, the end okay um does this end any better if i just pretend to pass out like dan duquette it, it's the only path that doesn't end in our hero sob- sobbing all right well let's go ahead and uh go with that one i shouldn't have uh changed policy too quickly for the baltimore orioles chapter three the draft the 2016 draft is only days away By this time, the Orioles are plugging along quite nicely. You're proud of your team. You're proud of the team you've put together. Though the roster lacks sex appeal, you've managed to allocate your resources wisely. Again, outperforming preseason projections. The fan base, begrudgingly, accepts that your course of action was acceptable, and now you have the chance to help this club in the future. This is definitely a work of fiction. Your scouts have assembled to give you the lay of the land in this year's draft, and they're all anxious to make their case. You start with your most trusted advisor, the only one to have made the journey with you, from Boston to Israel, and finally back to Baltimore. It's Dale. Now, Dale knows his pitching. He lives this stuff. 
you would follow his lead anywhere. There's not a better man in baseball. Now, Dale, Dale is a big believer in a high school pitcher from Arizona. The player has solid velocity, low to mid-90s, and a smooth delivery, which leads Dale's team to, to believe that the, it's a reduced risk of injury. Now, the new stats hotshot, Allen, pipes up recommending a junior college star, a second baseman whose arm may play in the outfield at the major league level. You don't like Allen. Brady Anderson hires him, and he uses big words. Look, this player has reasonable power, but mostly doubles at this point. His best asset is his eye. His on-base capabilities are off the chart, and he uses his propensity for drawing walks to get good pitches to hit. You have to admit, this is a good player, but you hate to validate that sniveling cretin, Allen. Lastly, you consult your pet cactus, Reginald. Reggie usually has the best intelligence from minor league free agent market, but he's also been useful in the draft. Reginald makes a compelling case for a relatively unknown college shortstop. The kid plays in a D3 school where his statistics are good but not great. The kid, however, is a standout Quidditch player. Reggie convinces you that these skills will carry over to the big league ball. Trust me, Reggie says, Baltimore fans are going to love the Quidditch player. To draft the high school pitcher, go to time marker 3312. To draft the Juco infielder, go to time marker 4218. To draft the quad, uh, college Quidditch player, go to time marker 3831. All right, I, I've got several questions here. Number one, I feel like you're baiting me out here. Number two, how does the cactus speak? But regardless of that, I'm going to go with the one that I think that you want me to go with, which is I'll, I'll go with the high school pitcher and uh, see what happens. Your draft pick dies of dysentery. The end. Wow. That's um that's that's pretty harsh. Can we go back and try another one? Great. That'd be wonderful. Sorry, Mario, but our princess is in another castle. Wait, that just sounds sloppy in the end. That's just sloppy. Let's try to do this again. All right, look, the important thing to note here, Scott, with this story is that this is a thrilling tale that leads the listener, as Dan Duquette, to make key decisions about the trade deadline before uh, coming to over 40 satisfying endings. What do you think? You know what? This was terrible. This was absolutely horrible and an absolute waste of time. But if you get some real authors involved, I think you might be onto something here. Imagine... You are Nelson Cruz. You could wind your way through the post-2014 adventure. Imagine you have the choice to buy your mother that TV from a store in Baltimore or Seattle or Chicago. Exactly, exactly, exactly. Or how about, how about this one? You are Raphael Palmero. Imagine the choices you have in that one. Do you or do you not accept the B-12 shot? Do you or do you not waggle your finger at Congress? Do you really appear in public with a mustache like that? Wow. I guess you could also do a you are Brian Roberts, but that would probably be in poor taste. I mean, that situation has gone on a lot different. Uh, I mean, I expect that one of the twists could be your wife running off with a local podcaster. I like where your head's at, Scott yeah. Magnus. Yeah.
All right, we're going to go ahead and blow the save now. Uh, I, I'm going to take it this week, Jake, if you don't mind. Please. And, and the one that really bothers me, this whole time, you know, people this whole offseason are going to be like, Peter Angelos is cheap, you know, he doesn't put money back. But I'm going to come back to a situation that recently came to light this past week, and that was money being funneled from the military into certain teams. One of those top 10 teams was the Baltimore Ravens, who received $534,500 to allow them to salute the troops. And this comes from everything from doing on-the-field activities to uh, I'm proud to be an American to anything that basically can raise awareness around the stadium of why it's such a great idea to go and enlist to serve your country. Now, folks, the Orioles are not in the list list. There are members within Major League Baseball, but it doesn't look like the Orioles um, were at least a, a a big hitter in this. Now, that doesn't mean the Orioles are completely uh, without fault here. There's definitely a possibility the Orioles may have taken it. But I think we do need to take a step back and realize that for as much flack as we like to give the Orioles for being, well, the cheapskates, in this case, the shoe may be on the other foot for the Baltimore team. Look, the Orioles do a great job with their military um, they've got ticket discounts for any active military employees and families. Um, they also have, you know, active duty special offers. Whereas if you're an active duty personnel, uh, if you go to fan assistance, you will get a complimentary Orioles hat from the Orioles. Um, they give out suites to players. They do constant recognition uh, through, you know, scoreboard messages. And then there's also the situation with Darren O'Day last year and uh, doing donations to a nonprofit organization called Luke's Wing. Um, that Darren O'Day basically raised um, over six thousand dollars in both 2013 and 2014. So the Orioles have gone above and beyond um, the course, and uh, you know I just want to take a step back and tip my cap to them and just point out that you know for as much as we like to get on them, maybe they aren't the cheapest team in town fair enough scott magnus fair enough all right anything else that you got uh, on your chest or anything else that you want to talk about uh the only thing that i would mention is uh again it's time for the mobbies which is the baltimore sun's celebration of maryland's outstanding blogs and social media contributors um the some fools have nominated us along here so we would love if you'd go out to the mobbies google 2015 mobbies uh, and you'll find uh, where you can vote for Bird's Eye View, um, for uh, best, Pod- best podcast, podcast and Twitter. Yeah, Twitter. we don't do a blog here. We just do a podcast, but that's okay. Um, so just if you get a chance, we'd love and appreciate you to do that. With that, Jake, anything else? No, that's all I've got. Uh, Baltimore and beyond, I will bid you all a fond adieu adieu. Be safe out there. And let's go Orioles. No, seriously, go do something. We need something to talk about. You're still here? It's over. Go home. Go.